Well, hello, it's Pastor Carson from Calvary Tabernacle. Thanks for stopping by the podcast. We hope that it's a blessing to you, whether you're catching one of the Sunday or Wednesday messages, or maybe you're jumping on to listen to one of the Saturday snapshots. We're doing everything we can right here in the beautiful Fountain Square area of Indianapolis to try to reach and connect and disciple people towards Jesus Christ. Enjoy what you listen to, and I hope that it's a benefit to your life. We've been in a series here on the armor of God. So it's just amazing. When I chose to start this series, or rather I believe the Lord instructed me, and I I tried to listen up, um, and we began this series, I did not realize music is for kids and the way this would all dovetail together, but the Lord has been involved in it. Taking on the whole armor of God matters. You know, often, if we're not careful, we treat the armor of God like the cafeteria. We grab our tray and we walk up and we're selective with what we feel like that day. We choose what we want. I'm not feeling, I'm not feeling the helmet of salvation today, but I, I, I'm feeling the feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. I'm, I'm feeling the belt of truth, but not the sword of the Spirit or vice versa or many different areas. But the truth is, It necessitates that we take on the whole armor of God. Nudge your neighbor and tell them that's not just for kids. That's not just for kids. That's for everybody. We started a few weeks ago talking about the helmet of salvation and what that really means. And how many parents and grandparents in the house would agree with me. We pray to God that this is more than a cute play for them. Yeah. Brother Barkus, you handled the food fight thing pretty natural. (laughs) I'm sure you've been through one or two in your day. Some of the armor is meant not just to keep things out, but it seems as though maybe to keep things in. Allow me a little humor from even this play today when I tell you there are some pieces of equipment that we want people to put on. If you think, well, the whole armor of God isn't necessary, let's just play off this cafeteria for a second. There's one simple little thing that we want everybody working in the kitchen to wear. I know some of you meme creators want me to put this hairnet on. (laughs) Brother Henderson, come help me for a second. You got a lot more hair than me, so yes, sir. Just, just, just let me help you out here. Come here with me in the middle for a second. I just want to make sure you're in the middle for photography. I mean, for everyone to see you. Yeah, own it. God squad. No, thank you. I'm sorry. Thank you. Come on, give him a hand. If you've ever been through the unfortunate experience of doing this. (laughs) Then you know there's some things that we need to put on. When it comes to the armor of God today, I feel so critical to simply touch on that breastplate of righteousness that was mentioned here multiple times. Armor matters. 
Maybe more right now in time than ever before, it is critical that we guard our hearts. It guards the internal organs. It guards those those critical places. It guards them in the front and the back. The breastplate of righteousness would cover them from the front and from the back. Because how many know a lot of times the enemy attacks you, stab you in the back. That's why if you ever become someone that stabs people in the back, those attributes are not from God. You need to evaluate that. That's a little punch there. We need to evaluate those things. But what these girls were doing so well in the uh, talking about the me dominion or what we've called for years the me monster. Me, 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 me. Everything is about me. That's wrong. Everything is about God. Everything is about him and his will and and his kingdom. And so I I return us to the text of Ephesians chapter 6. In Ephesians chapter 6 and starting at verse 10, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. It's a real fight. Somebody say it's real. It's a real fight. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all, that means doing everything and recovering it, to stand. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth. And we talked about the belt of truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness. Has anyone in this room ever ever been convinced to play paintball before? Come on, if you've ever been a part of that welting experience. I remember being convinced to go out with a group of guys and play paintball. I've been told at times that I'm competitive. Uh, I am, just a little bit. And it sounded fun. I, I, I liked the thought of shooting people. <laughs> I must admit to you secretly today, it was much more exciting in thought to shoot than to be shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My question was what every very secure male's question would be. Does it hurt? (laughs) Oh, no, not really. Like the sweet little girl who gave me the mug for my birthday the other day. that had, She had done my mug, said, you lie, you fry. I was like, that's awesome. Let me pause here to say thanks, everybody, for the amazing gifts and the kindness for our birthday. Yes, the big 4-0. Some of you had very humorous things to say about that. Thank you. Uh, I honor you, and thanks for honoring us. I had been convinced. I asked if it would hurt. This was their response, and, and, and so many of you are going to be like, this is what they told me. Just wear loose clothing, they said. Just wear loose, it'll absorb. Well, you might not know this, um, but you can't wear it loose enough. <laughs> and, and I can't exactly run through the woods where we played in several layers of clothes. I become one giant puddle. 
I remember the first time I got shot. I didn't anticipate falling. I didn't want to go down. It caused me to go down. It hurt so bad. Now, I was wearing certain things in certain places uh, that, that I had been instructed. So if it hit here or here, and I had this mask on. Don't ever play paint. This is a disclaimer. Don't ever play paintball without a mask on. And the parents say amen. I remember getting shot in the face. Didn't hurt at all. I had this guarding thing. I had put these, these clothes on. They weren't working. Everywhere I, everywhere I hid, I still could feel a sting. It wasn't terrible, but it was a sting. But I was running, and if you've ever played, you know that the more you run, the heavier you breathe, the more foggy your mask gets. I would love to see video of me running through the woods, this foggy mask, looking around. Try, finally, I found a tree. And I hunkered down up against a tree like this. Great man of war. I was much younger. Until, and I couldn't see, I couldn't see because I'm fogged up. I, I got nothing here. Can't see. And I bent my head like this and I thought, Lord Jesus. If you could somehow get me out of this mess that I've got myself into. <laughs> Sitting there, hunkered against that tree, with my head bent down, there was some ninja sniper <laughs> that had been crawling. I couldn't see him because of the fog. He had crawled. Now, you're not supposed to shoot people within a certain distance. I had one of those cheap rental guns. I'm giving some of you a paintball education right now. You can rent at the, at the facility a paintball gun. Because who would own their own paintball gun? <laughs> that guy. Right there. Mr. Ninja. Mine shoots like this. Every time you pull the trigger except for about every third or fourth paintball would explode in the barrel. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. And you have to reach this little squeegee thing down in the barrel. So I'm sitting here with a gun that will not fire. <laughs> Fogged mask, head down like I'm hiding. I wasn't hiding. I couldn't see him, but he was coming. And he had one of these guns that every time you pull the trigger... Like 30 paintballs at a time. Next thing I know, I'm looking down like this. I feel the unguarded place on my head. And they just kept coming. <laughs> Top of my head was covered in paint until I'm screaming. I'm like, I'm out, I'm out, I'm out. You know, some people don't want you to be out. They want you to die right there. <laughs> Till finally, I didn't care. I couldn't see anything. So you got to picture this. I got paint all over my head, running down my face. It's covered. I got fog. I can't see. I just stand up and say, I'm out. <laughs> that was the last time I played paintball. Um, 
made a vow, if I ever go back, I want a real gun. I wanted to walk that. I found out who it was later, but mm. Here's the deal. If you live unguarded, the enemy will find it. If you live, this is humorous. It didn't leave much more than a lasting mental memory. No long permanent scars. I don't have anything that I get to carry, but I do carry the memory of what happened when I thought I could hide my way through it. But when it comes to the enemy of your soul, he will find the place that you have not covered. Find the place that you have not guarded. And if, if he can, he will use it not only for your demise today, but he will use it for your demise for the years to come. Can I tell you, it has always been his desire to get your heart. He'll take your hands, but he wants your heart. He'll take your tongue, but he wants your heart. He'll take your eyes, but he wants your heart. Proverbs 4 that was quoted by these precious girls about guarding the heart. When we, when we see this in the guarding of the heart, we can find and follow throughout Scripture that the bulk of the text, when referencing the heart, actually is in some sense of a derogatory understanding or written that you have to guard, you have to be careful you have to watch you you need to guard because your heart this part of your flesh it will it will cause you maybe in and of your flesh to become like the me monster or the me dominion and do things that are not of God that's why your heart must be given to God but when I give my heart to God, then I have to consider what am I doing to protect what I've given to God. Ladies and gentlemen across this room, I need to remind each and every one of us of something here today. It is not optional whether or not we live for God. It's just not optional. This can... This can be a cute play, but there's a very powerful meaning here today. We've got to guard who we are and who we're called and meant to be. Somebody say amen. amen. I want you to turn in your Bible to Psalm chapter 19 and verse 14. If you don't have it or don't have a Bible with you or an app, they're going to put it up here on the screen for us. Psalm 119 and verse 14. What did the psalmist Right. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Now, the words of my mouth typically are the meditation of my heart. Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. So I've got to guard not just what comes out of my mouth, but I've got to guard what is being initiated in my heart. What is it that's finding lodging in my heart? What is it that is getting a root 
in the deep, innermost parts of me? Or am I living spiritually with fogged up vision and a I'll just try to survive mentality? Christians, please hear me. Men of women are men and women of God. We are not made to simply survive. That's not what we're made to do. We are made to live life more abundantly. What does that mean? That means that I'm not someone that's barely eking by from week to week. I'm just trying not to get lost from one Sunday to the next. I've got to live life abundantly. Turn in your Bibles to John chapter 14. I won't be much longer. John chapter 14. We're going to read verses 1 through 3. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. What did Jesus say? I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, there you may be also. Most of us have grown up knowing this statement, but let me hear from you if you've heard it. Home is where the heart is. Home is where the heart is. Home is where the heart is. So while I live in this world, I live for this world. That Jesus said unto me, in my Father's house, are many mansions. How many still believe that he has gone to prepare a place for us? Let me ask it this way. Does anybody still believe in heaven? Does anybody still believe that one day we are going to leave this world and we are going to make it to another world? The Bible would reference it as the new Jerusalem. I believe it still with every fiber of my being. And it's why I guard my heart. Because I do not want the arrows of this world, the fiery darts of the enemy. I do not want them to bypass my shield of faith. But if I miss them with my faith, I do not want them to penetrate the breastplate of righteousness. Lest I might start thinking, I do not need righteousness because I'm in this world. That is wrong thinking. That's when I think with the flesh and not with the heart that's after the things of God. Because if I think with a heart that has been guarded by the breastplate of righteousness, I am reminded everything here is temporary. Everything here is just for a short while. I want them to sing and, and, and do these plays about the armor of God. But I want them to know why. It's because we're guarding our souls. We're guarding our minds and our hearts. Because ultimately we're guarding our souls. Church, we must be saved. Stand with me.
We've got to be saved. For every person in this room, if there's anything in your heart, if there's anything in your heart that is causing you strife, please hear me clearly. If it's causing you turmoil, it did not get there from God. Yeah, but I got this old heartache. God didn't do that. We got people all over this room that have had heart procedures along the way. Several people in this room have either been the result of a bypass or had a heart that was beating a little bit off of beat and they had to do some work. All over this room and you're here, but they went in and they did a procedure. But can I tell you spiritually, any person in this room right now that's living successfully has been through a heart surgery? Where God worked on the inside of you, came into the inside of you and He began to work on that heart of stone. He began to work on that heart that didn't want to grant forgiveness to others. He, he began to work on that heart that wanted to keep bitterness. Or... For some of you, you were absolutely wounded when someone either passed away or when someone walked out on you or when that damage was done. And, and it breaks my heart to think of the hurt that you've endured. But I've got to tell you, the same way that God did not cause that hurt, He's still the only one that can fix that hurt. There's not a person in this room that has ever walked into a doctor's office and then ended up in the, in the emergency room or in surgery and laid down on the bed in that room and said, okay, doc, you did this. It's time to fix me. They didn't mess your arteries up. They didn't, they didn't deal with those veins. They, they're not the reason that that occurred, but... As a master physician, they're able to open up and fix. I need to tell everybody in this room there's a master physician. I know you didn't mean to, but for many in this room, somewhere along the way, you took the breastplate of righteousness off. And when we do that, there's that enemy. There's that enemy. He's been watching. He's been waiting. He's been looking for a vulnerable moment. And just like that ruthless friend of mine unloaded on me that day, all he was waiting on was for one late night mistake. All he was waiting on was one late night text. All he was waiting, one moment where the breastplate of righteousness was taken off momentarily so that you could rest and things found lodging. It was an attack against your heart. But I got good news today. There is a great physician in this room. There is a great physician in this room. Would you lift your hands all over this house with me? Singers, please come. Come on, hands lifted all over this room. I want you to ask God, God, if there's anything in my heart that needs fixing, I want to wear the breastplate of righteousness from today forward, but if during a weak moment I took it off, if, if during an argument I took that off, if, if during a time that I thought I'd find rest some other way, I took that off, I, I, I became unguarded from righteousness and an unrighteousness, Scotty and I. 
I need you to cleanse and help. Come on, lift your hands and say, God, if I need it, do a little heart surgery right now. Thank you, Jesus. Transform Yes, Lord. Take my will. Take my will. To yours, Lord. To yours. To yours. Oh, Lord. Let's sing that again. Take my heart. Take my heart. Tell him, take my heart. just a moment moms dads so many of you have already had to say this to your babies to your children started growing up started dating a little bit would you tell them baby guard your heart guard your heart some of you been there when you've seen the wrong guy or the wrong gal come sneaking around them what do you tell them? hey watch your heart you gather alone in the privacy of your room and you pray God Guard their heart. You know what you mean when you're praying that, that God would protect them. There is an enemy. There's an enemy that takes note of every kid that was a part of this. Every child that was quoting lines, every child that was singing songs and going through motions and, and trying to emulate the God squad and be a part of that. But the enemy wants them to think that this is all pretend because he wants their heart moms and dads we got to pray that their hearts would be guarded we got to pray that their hearts man Jesus help us let's sing it one more time lift your hands and pray with me take my heart Lord take my heart and It's a great honor to serve God. One of the most amazing things about God, before I let you go today, is that He's personal. He knows what we need, when we need it. And for each and every person in this room, He's came to you personally at the right time. And He's spoken exactly what you needed, when you needed, and brought you help exactly when you needed it. But there are some things that are universal for all of us. No one in this room is so mature that you don't need the breastplate of righteousness. No one in this room is so mature you don't need the helmet of salvation or the belt of truth. If you think, well, I've been in the church long enough, I don't need that. That's false. You've got to be able to take on the whole armor 
of God. Why? Because I want to be found standing. I want to be found standing. At the end of the day, while there may be many that are lying, that, are, that have lost, the, I want to be found standing.